0: the Durham Miners Association. Today is the 150th anniversary of the Durham Miners Gala, biggest and best socialist event in Europe, possibly in the world. Massive event. Gala was first held in 1871 in Durham in Wharton Park. I think it was August the 12th, 1871. Of course it was due to be taking place today. Due to Covid we've had to to cancel it for the second year in a row. We've had communities within the Durham area, traveling into Durham on the second Saturday of every month, of every year, sorry, uh, for 150 years now. And this year, the anniversary is going to be marked during the cancellation by a series of big little meetings each community in the area have been consulted. Each community of lots of communities within the area, from uh, the north of the county down to the south bank of the the north bank of the, the River Tees have been and they're having loads of these um, little community events, smaller events obviously than the big meeting. But it shows the resilience of our people in the communities. From Greenside in the north to Shildon in the south there's events planned, we were hoping all these events could have been held on the 10th of July, unfortunately we cannot because of the ongoing government cut ups with uh, the road map and everything else. These events have had to be rearranged yet again till later in the year so from From July the 19th onwards, well into August, we've got a a number of these events that's going to be going on. There'll be brass band music, displays of banners, live music, games for the kids, you know, picnics. Typical community events uh, representing what we stand for as miners. Because I've said it on many occasions that the gala has always been a celebration of the best of us community, solidarity, and what we can achieve when we stand together. For the many, not the few. That's been our ethic for donkey's years. This has been a difficult year for everyone, particularly our thoughts go out to all those people around the country who've lost loved ones and the near and dearest due to this COVID pandemic. We're really saddened that we can't have the gala, but we're delighted Again, I cannot reiterate enough, delighted that the mining communities have stepped up to the plate again to bring people together. And of course, this, these were organised by our banner groups. Our banner groups have been absolutely fantastic. After the closure of the Colries people across the region stepped up to care for and renew our old banners that preserve our proud heritage um, and culture, the culture of our communities. The banner groups remain central To the Durham Miners Gala every year. So delighted that they stepped up to mark the 150th anniversary of the the Durham Miners uh, Gala in such a spectacular way. The gala will return next Saturday, uh, next (laughs) next year, sorry. It'll return on Saturday, the 9th of July, 2022, Bigger and better than ever. We're working to make it the biggest and best gala for many, many years. We'll be there. We'll be there putting our political message out, we'll be there putting our socialist messages out, we'll be there fighting against this vile evil uh, Tory regime. For 140 years or so the Durham Miners Gala was paid for from the contributions of ordinary miners, paid for by the DMA. Today it's funded by MARAS. MARAS is an organisation set up after the last pits in the area had closed after, the, um, after there was no further income coming into the, the association, Mara stepped forward as a fundraising body and they're doing a tremendous job. So if you've got the gala at heart, if you love the gala as much as we do and you're not a member of Mara's, please join. You can, it, you can join at Durham Miners, Miners org and get the, get the application form, get the contributions in, and we'll keep that gala going for as long as we can.
1: Hello, and welcome to Socialist Think Tank. Uh, that was Alan Marjum there, who is uh, speaking on behalf of the Durham Miners Association, um, and I'm going to quickly introduce you to the panel, who really don't need that much introduction. If you usually watch us, you'll probably know Laura. Hello, Laura.
2: Hello. Happy Gala Day, everybody.
1: And uh, for those of you who watched our first ever interview that it took me four months to edit, um, you, you'll, you'll know Heather Wood, um, sort of legend of the Durham Coalfield. Hi, Heather.
3: Hi, yeah. Glad to be here.
1: And uh, we've also got someone called Jeremy Corbyn, who some of you may have heard of from uh, various uh, endeavours from the Peace and Justice Project. Hi, Jeremy. How are you doing? Very well, thanks. And thank you for inviting me on this evening. Uh um, thank you for coming on. We're really pleased about that. I can see on the, on the live stream there, there's uh, people putting in questions in the chat already, which is really, really nice, and putting in comments and things, uh, some really, really good ones. Um, so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to introduce the other panel member, which as always, is um, actually you. So um, you can see that we're all on banners tonight, which is really nice. So thanks to Rochelle for doing that for us, our amazing graphic designer. Um, and also your comments will be appearing live on screen. We do get to see them. We will be picking some of them out later on and uh, we'll be having a chat. So, um, so please do comment along and do not forget to like and to share and to subscribe and all those things and become a member of socials think tank as well and also become a Mara Um, there's more on that later so um right I'm going to ask people you know how are you feeling on gala day not being not being able to go and not being able to be physically there um Heather what do you think you've been to probably the most galas of all of us um how does it feel not being able to be physically there
3: It just feels so strange. It feels upsetting. Um, I feel sad because that's the time in the year when I meet everybody. Um, But I have to say that all the activities that's been on today, the different videos and things, have really helped. And this is a culmination of it. So we've been at least able to keep contact with each other. So it's sadness, but I know we'll all be there next year.
1: And uh, Jeremy, you must—you've been to a lot of galas, haven't you, over the years? This isn't a recent thing that you decided to do for popularity. You've always been a follower of the Durham Miners' Gala and always been involved. How many? Do you know how many you've
4: been to? Oh, lots, lots, and it's an amazing day. And today it's been a bit weird. Second Saturday in July. I'm supposed to be in Durham, and I'm not. I'm cycling around North London, <laughs> uh, which is obviously nice, because I'm meeting constituents and people and so on, that's lovely, but uh, I'd much rather be in Durham today. And uh, there's something about the way in which the gala has developed and changed, but never lost its purpose or its principles. And I think that's quite quite a feat for all those that have organised it and um, the sort of spirit of the bands and the place and the town and so on just fantastic and I love being there so in my diary it's already there July the 9th 2022 I'll be there and we'll be there with you as well I go go to Durham on the on the Friday and stay over but not always and um, there's been some one One gala where I was trying to get there from Edinburgh was during the um, leadership contest in 2015, and there was a train broke down and we were stuck. And I got to the station in Durham and somebody said they'd drive me to the gala. I said, well, much good that are going to do you because you'll not get a car through. And so we had to literally run all the way to the field because the... The platform party had already reached the field and we did on the platform. And so, um, bless them. As soon as I got on the platform, they said, well, it's great, Jeremy's here. So we'll put him on first. <laughs> <laughs> so I literally run from the station and then got on to speak. And then afterwards, we had to go to Leeds for a um, leadership hosting. So that was the shortest visit ever made uh, to Durham. All the others are just incredible and seeing the town and so on just so good so i love durham what a great place
1: we aren't far away are we laura we're um we are about 10 miles outside of durham we're in county durham at the moment and we attempted today to run down with a banner
4: but just me? walk about on your own, you mean with the vanis, see what happened.
2: <laughs> I don't think I'd be able to carry it by myself, <laughs> to be honest. And I have too.
4: <laughs> so you just sort of <laughs> assembled by the county hotel and walked past and um see what happened.
2: You'd see if somebody'll shout and clap at me just for being there.
4: <laughs> I'm sure they would have done.
2: They <laughs> could have done. Yeah, yeah, I think I think this year though, it's been you know, Heather's right, it is sad. Um, especially because I think this year we probably have needed it more than we've needed it for a long time you know that sense of community and that sense of togetherness is like sort of drifting away from us day by day and wouldn't it have been lovely to be able to for everybody to get together and share stories and you know everyone's just it is we always say it's socialist Christmas it's holiday is the day of the year um I understand
4: that the Burston uh, Strike School celebration in September in Norfolk is going to go ahead, is what I've heard, which yes. is which, if it does, is fantastic, and I'll yes. certainly be going there. but it it is next year, i see that Alan's article in the morning Star today about I've just got it in here in front of me. Next year's mine is Gala to be dedicated to key workers. I think that's so that's so good. Because that sort of brings into perspective the role of all those key workers that have been so vital during COVID, but also the way they're so grossly exploited. I remember asking Boris Johnson a trick question. Well, it wasn't a trick as far as I was concerned. He thought it was. I said, who's more important these days, a hospital cleaner or a hedge fund manager? Hmm. I'm still waiting for the answer. Well, we we
1: know what it is,
4: don't we? And I'm sure um, yeah, the next year, I'm not sure he does. Um, <laughs> but Heather, what, what's going to happen next year? Then next year, mm. yeah, I'll probably be uh, there at about
3: seven o'clock on the Saturday morning. Just <laughs> uh, a late start,
4: not it?
1: Yeah. Um, so is that a
3: late start for you? <laughs> um, and then um, we'll be round in um, the market square for the first banner coming in. And John and I stand together now that my mum used to be with us, Myrtle, but obviously she's she's gone, but she'll be there in spirit. I know all that. But uh, John and I stand, we watch the first band come in, and you can guarantee we just look at each other and the tears are rolling down our cheeks. It's tears of pride, isn't it? It's mm. tears of happiness it's tears of joy it's it's tears of sadness all those things that's our day durham day the so, big um, meeting
1: a couple of people have commented here um so what's happened is uh, because heather you're in a tent aren't you i <laughs> am i'm, so, old,
3: I'm so, actually in in the lake district in a tent yeah so.
1: So, what happens is um if when when Heather's internet connection like kind of wavered for a second, everyone swapped places on our thing, so Laura's pretending to be Heather, Heather's pretending to be Jeremy, and Jeremy's <laughs> pretending to be Laura. so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna bring in a speech from Mary Foy and fix that it's a it's a really nice uh a really nice um contribution from Mary Foy, and we're really grateful for her doing this and uh and then we'll come back in a second and we'll this is our political speeches section of the durham big meeting so we're almost emulating being on the stage and uh so here here comes mary
5: hello today would have been the 150th durham miners gala or big meeting a day of celebrating our heritage community and solidarity and for many people myself included it is without a doubt the best weekend of the year So it's unfortunate that we can't be together today with friends and comrades to enjoy the bands, the music, the speeches and the amazing atmosphere. But there will be a a lot of little big meetings happening across the communities in Durham, so watch out for them. As the Member of Parliament for the City of Durham, I am so proud that the gala takes place in my constituency and it's an honour to represent the wonderful, proud and resilient folk who live here. This past year has been so tough for too many people, but I'll continue to do my best to serve them and to hold this government to account. Next year, we hope the Gala will be bigger and better than ever before. And I've just found out that it's going to be dedicated to all our incredible key workers that have been there for us throughout this pandemic. So if you can chip in and give a little support, join up, become a Mara. And let's
1: make 2022 really, really special. So, um, what did we think? Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, I think she deserves a round of applause there. Um, Absolutely.
4: I think I think Mary is fantastic, fantastic MP, and I, I'm just such a pleasure to work with her in Parliament. And the way she spoke up the other day for a Gypsy, Roman, and Traveller community. Because of the way this police bill will destroy marginalised communities or make them even more marginalised. Well done, Mary. Fantastic. Proud to know her. Proud to work with her.
3: Yeah, well, she's yeah. a hell of a MP. I tell you that she's always doing something.
4: I can, I can imagine that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
3: she was the same well, when she was a councillor, though. She's,
2: she's always been like that, and she's, all, and the thing is, it's, it's really weird to know her as an MP now because, like. Mary's so much fun and, and I guess that's not really what people assume of MPs they shouldn't because all MPs are fantastic the ones I know anyway <laughs> but she's she's wonderful and she's she's shown that she's done a really good job and she hasn't sort of backed down from any argument that is really important like say you know she's she came out fighting against the um the bill because the GRT community w- would just be you know completely battered down and and yeah. it was horrendous Um, So, yeah, well done, Mary. That's great. Let's let's keep it going. Let's hope we we win.
4: And next next year, when we're celebrating the um, work of care workers and crucial people like that, we also think a bit further ahead on the health service. Now, I'll defend the health service till the cows come home. Uh, against privatisation, against atomization, and all the horrible things that are being done to it by this government. And I'm sure everybody in this call would. But we've got to go a stage further. If you think of the size of the the gala, it's hundreds of thousands of people, maybe 200,000 there last year. At some point in their lives, probably third, maybe more, are going to need some form of social care at some point in their lives. Yeah. And... As soon as you mention social care, people get scared. They're scared how they're going to do it, scared if they're going to get enough, scared if they're going to have to pay for it. And you've got a lot of families, uh, middle-aged couple, thought they were doing okay, both in work, suddenly find they've got to pay for their adult kids' university education, and they've got to pay for the care of older relatives or give some support for them. And it's The pressure and the stress on them is incredible. And so I think we've got to return or keep the policy that we had in our manifesto in 2019 of a national care service on the same principles as a national health service. And if anybody says to me, that's really expensive, that's going to cost too much, I'd say, well, actually, yes, it is expensive. And at the moment, that cost is being borne by working class communities and families, and particularly by women who are giving up jobs and careers in order to care for those that deserve and need care and support. We've got to change it. And I think this has to be an incredibly unifying campaigning point for the whole labor movement. And I think we should push that.
2: There you
3: go, That's your Jamie, baths, Dom, in the big meeting speech for the day. <laughs> well, that's well, what I would have said. X mining community is greatly affected by this because where you had uh, mining families stuck together in the same villages, Correct. so they would look after the elderly. Oh. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well,
2: are we going to swap names
3: again? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> about have, that where now a lot of people moved away so families are split the families moved away for work we have a greater elderly population who are reliant on social care and we have a council that is underfunded by the government really disgracefully so we have elderly people in lots of cases who are sat there with no care
4: i totally get that heather and uh, in my own constituency which is very different in many ways in the ward in which i live there is a, about 25 to 30% population turnover every year. And so and it's all because of house prices, rents and all that. And that means the extended family network, it does not practically exist to help people. It's just not there because they can't afford to stay in the area, they move away. And that is not unique to London, that happens I'm sure In Durham, it certainly happens in Newcastle, Birmingham, Manchester, and so on. And whilst we want to change the whole housing system, of course, I think the priority has to be to get a care system that that does ensure everybody gets cared for. And also, while we're on with it, what about the pay levels of people that do social care work? I mean, if if you think about it, it's incredibly responsible. Somebody who's a, a carer is caring for somebody that we value and love, one of our relatives. And uh, it's a life and death situation, the way they're looked after. And they're on minimum wage or living wage if they're lucky. Well, that's not right. Absolutely not right. So we've got to campaign for that as well. And also it's ending so the cool. idea that local authorities can hand over all their care to private private care companies who I don't like and don't trust there's no reason at all why care shouldn't be completely a public service as the national health service should also be a public service so i think if we can if we make the theme about care next year let's bring that bring all that in so we we're demanding as well as defending Hmm. i think
1: that's uh, absolutely right isn't it sorry heather you continue on
3: Care workers are very underestimated the work that they do. It's a great responsibility, you're right, Jeremy. Um, I haven't gone through it a couple of years ago when we had carers coming to my mam's it really brought it home. I hadn't realized just how badly those people were treated. Even having to phone and use their own phone so they having a bigger phone bill because they've got to phone in and say where they are, how, how long it's going to take them. They can travel from, uh, they'll have one job in one village, then they have to travel three miles down the road to another town. They're paying pay the mileage, then they have to come back to that village again. It's just, and then they get 10 minutes to make somebody something to eat, a cup of tea, make sure they're all right and comfortable, and go get out again. If that elderly person is ill or needs anything different, then usually the carer will not leave. Because they are what they say they are, they are carers, but that means they're late at the next call. So the next cu- person is sat there waiting. We need to look at this very, very deeply.
4: I had a meeting with Merseyside Pensions Action Group on this the other day, and they were saying exactly what you were saying, Heather. And the number of times I hear it, I you mean, know, I hear it from constituents as well as well as care workers. That at the end of the day. They're so worried about individual clients. They go back and see them in yes, their own do. time, in their own time, just to check they're all right. Well, they're wonderful people. They're doing a great job. They should that should be recognised. But the pressure that these sort of ten and fifteen minute visits, not paid for the travel time between them and all that, it's horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. Let's change and it. My mother's
3: carers, two years on, are still in touch with me. They became family to us in that time they were with us. And that's what we have to recognise. What would we want our family to be paid? How would Mm -hmm. we want them to be looked after?
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. a few people have mentioned in the comments about um, Ken Loach's film, Sorry We Missed You, of which Heather is one of the stars of that film. And Mm -hmm. I think um, it goes a long way because, you know, we on this show we have a we do try and reach an audience who aren't necessarily engaged in politics um we know a lot of people as we all do who go i'm not interested in politics so entertainment you know we've talked about this on the show a few times films music poetry can be a way to sort of spread that message and that film by ken launch detailed how difficult and how awful it is for care workers and i would hope that we can get that film out there even more and get people to watch it because where I Daniel Blake for me was dark it had moments of light in it and moments of hope sorry we missed you for me was just bleak from the beginning to the end and that is the life of a care worker you know they're in it because they want to care for people, but nobody's caring for them. And then you've got people who are carers who don't get paid anything because it is the responsibility of the woman in the yeah. house to look after elderly or sick relatives. And that's that's a societal issue that we're still working on. Obviously, the Women's Banner Group uh, will always continue to try and fight against that sort of systemic issue and the, the patriarchal society that we're still living under because care does disproportionately affect women um and these are huge issues and and it just feels like they just get completely forgotten about it's like really far down on the list of priorities you know get Brexit done number one (laughs) and so many other irrelevant things before that but this affects so many people sorry Heather
3: you know what got me sorry we missed you um as far as the carer was concerned it was showed you how it involved the whole family It wasn't just as important as it was about the woman. It was about the whole family, what uh, the work that woman was doing and how long she was having to be out of the house um, for very little pay, what it did to her children. And I think that was the difference. Uh, We tend to forget. That what we all do affects everybody else, but when you have somebody who's so strained at work like that, it's bound to affect the fam- the rest of the family. Yeah.
1: This is um this this whole section here. This is what the gala's is about. A lot of the time, to me. Now it might have seemed that we're we're talking about the miners' gala. It might seem like we've digre- digressed, but this is where the political uh, discussions go on. These normal uh, after the gala or on the field, and we're having political discussions like this one. That's what it's all about. And also, isn't it lovely to hear people? There's a, I haven't said particularly much in this, particular, in this section, but isn't it lovely to hear three people with passion in politics? And I think that's something that's been missing for this past few years, since 2019. There's been a real passion missing in politics, a passion for caring about people and, you know, a, a real heartfelt sense of it. And I think, you know, that's what we miss from the speeches of the gala. So I want to ask each of you, do you have a particular speech that you've heard at the Durham Miners Gala that really hit home and, uh, and, and really made a difference? And a few people have already mentioned this in the comments. Uh, Lynn Gibson said uh, Jeremy Corbyn's speech, yours in 2015, made her join the Labour Party. Um, I think I'm, I may have got the year wrong there, but um, so she joined the Labour Party because of that passion. So um, let's let's go, Jeremy. Do you have a favourite um, um, speech that you've heard, or any that are particularly mem- memorable for it's
4: you? Almost invidious to try and find one actually, because there's mm. so many so good. I remember being totally bowled over and moved by Laura Pidcock's speech at the gala in two thousand and nineteen. But one that really did move me and a lot of other people was matt rack a uh, the fire brigade yes. union general secretary um i know matt very well and i've known him for a long long time and uh i was at grenfell the day after the fire with him and the firefighters and so on and these were people that were in tears because they couldn't save lives when they tried to. They tried to do everything, but they just, they, firefighters just in tears telling me, I just, there was a family in there and I couldn't get them out. I failed in my duty. Of course, they hadn't failed in their duty. They'd done everything they could. Um, and Matt described all of that so brilliantly that day. And I think it just gave everyone that sense of solidarity. And if you think about firefighters' care and support for communities and for each other is exactly the same as miners caring and supporting each other down a pit in a place of danger where their safety relies totally on their solidarity with each other. And that's how the fire brigade works. And I thought his speech was just incredible. I mean, there have been so many wonderful speeches at galas it's, it's hard to pick them up. Tony Benn, what a legend! Can never forget Tony Benn. What an what an absolute legend! And um, his speech is where he would sort of bring together socialist history, socialist principles, and put them all in a beautiful, popular way. Um, was uh, what an incredible communicator! Because politics is not for the elite, politics is actually everyday life. I mean, people say to me, they're not political. I say, yeah, you are, you're political. You make choices, you make decisions. That is politics. The politics isn't whether X is a councillor or Y is not a councillor. Politics is the politics of everyday life. It's It's your housing choices, it's your school choices, it's what opportunities you've got. It's what you do to support people. And I just think that the gala has developed in such a brilliant way that um, those principles of solidarity that uh, won so much for the miners and the mining community uh, are there. And uh, I've got a plate above my desk in my office of all the pits that existed in Durham from 1947 until um, the 1990s. And it's a huge plate with the name of every single pit on it. So long may the gala survive. And long may those principles behind it survive. And long may we also campaign for people in different jobs now, different industries, different work plans, to join a union. And the unions to keep their members, whether the members are in work or not, so the unions become a social force in our society, not just a workplace force. Because that's our strength, their strength, the other side, is control of newspapers, control of news values in the media, it's investment decisions of big companies, that's their power. Our power is us.
1: Oh, that's yes. absolutely brilliant! I think we'd all all agree with that on this call here. Um, yeah. So, Heather, do you have a particular favourite? By the way, we've we've moved again on the screen, so people are pretending to be different yeah. people Sorry again. It. Um, that's all How right, you I, 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 Heather. You're me again, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, so, she is. <laughs> wants for a second,
3: so
2: that's
1: <laughs> all right. That's okay. We'll be we'll be um, okay i'm I'm fixing it now uh, see we are um we are quite a we don't have people working for us we're just volunteers doing this so um so yeah, expect the unexpected when it comes to our stream heather any any speeches that have really stuck out to you
3: well I mean the one that Jeremy's just spoke about definitely I was crying i could I cried my heart out of that, and anybody who didn't has no heart at all to my mind because Matt really spoke from his heart and he spoke from experience. But I think there's there's two different types of speakers for me. There's the oomph there's the and the boof of Dennis Skinner, which is was brilliant. Loved Dennis. He could bring in all sorts of things in different ways. And then there was Tony Benn, who was the more sort of quiet, casual, but still had this power this stance about him um then there's the jeremy Corbyn's. um i have to say jeremy the first time i ever met you you'll not remember me because i was quiet then um i was about what? i don't believe it <laughs> i was about, I was about 16 or to? 17 when you when used to come to cobra hill and Gilsland, the women's schools can you remember hmm. um we, we had some good times there and you used to come and speak um, those are things that are bygone days. The, the schools that we had then uh, with the Labour Party were magnificent. But my favourite speaker of uh, late it was Laura Pidcock. Mm. I thought she spoke brilliantly at that gala. She spoke for all of us. She spoke with passion, determination. She spoke as a woman, and she was proud of being a woman. Um, she was proud. To, I think she she epitomised the way we all feel. And I just hope she goes far. I know she lost her seat, but you don't give up in this game. I hate to call it a game, you know, because it's not as people's lives. But you don't give up. But she was brilliant. She's got a long way to go.
4: I think I absolutely agree. Laura's doing brilliantly with the People's Assembly. Um, and I spoke at a rally with her in London a couple of weeks ago. And she said, I'm not sure about this place. So what do you mean? She said, it's the first time I've been out of Durham for a year. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. she was absolutely brilliant, of course, as she, as she always is. And uh, I keep in very close touch with her. And I've got so much support and admiration for her. And I was so devastated when she lost her seat. But you know what? She's always going to be around. She's always going to be a leader. She's always going to be somebody that inspires. Yes. And I'm looking forward to working with her in the future. Well, we already are.
1: I happened to have a chat with Laura while I was there. We were, we were walking together for a little, little period. Um, so that was my first time out of Durham as well. So it was really good. Oh,
4: yeah. It was nice, wasn't it? Did you enjoy yeah, the awesome. event?
1: It was it was lovely, yeah. I was there representing my trade union, uh, and ASUWT, which was very nice. And uh, it was it was nice to feel that uh, that passion again. Um, but obviously, people are still worried. And then there was the anti vaxxer rally that came after us, which was uh, full of dull people. Actually, it was like ours was very vibrant and very noisy and very excited and very passionate. And theirs just seemed like well, we're just going for a really boring walk. But never mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was very interesting laura do you have a um a particular a, a speech that sticks out because we discussed this beforehand and we mentioned all of those speeches that have been yeah i, I mean i don't
2: thing. have the luxury of having such a, a backstory of being at the gala that many times um speeches for me will always be jeremy corbyn laura Pidcock, Rack. um not necessarily in that order <laughs> um just i mean god yeah, I don't want to go over what everybody else has said. I completely agree. Matt Rack's speech was just, it was so emotional. It devastated me for so for so long. My sister um, works for the fire brigade and, and she's trained to um, offer them support and mental health support. And she was supposed to go to London and speak to these firefighters about what they'd gone through. And I got to the point where I was like, I, I don't want to know the stories. I can't physically deal with it. I don't know how these people have... Um, and so that was that was massive. That was just made me just just devastated for the rest of the day. But in a really sort of, it, it came out as a positive because I got angry about stuff and I was like, right, that's it. Um, and I guess I also have to mention um, Emily Thornberry's speech in 2018 yeah. from the platform because she mentioned the Women's banner group and she mentioned Heather's mum, and it was just that was the first year the. You know, we as the banner group had ever marched in the gala with our own banner. And just it was so massive. Everything happened that year. And and to be mentioned from the platform where, you know, all these huge, huge forces of nature speak, it it felt a bit much. <laughs> and I was like, what? Why have they mentioned us? But then that just fed into the whole realising what we'd done as women and what we'd achieved. So that that was a speech that will always stick with me as well because it just sort of cemented what we'd done. I think up until that point, we'd just gone, we do the next thing, we do the next thing, we just get it done till we get there. And it wasn't until after that that we stopped and went, oh my God, we've actually done this. This is huge. We should, we should take a moment. Um mm-hmm. So that speech as well. And yes, Laura Pickcock, I, I can't really say any more than absolutely unbelievable you know the 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 standard ovations could have gone on for hours and hours after that speech and Jeremy you know you are the reason most of the people I know got involved in politics you're the reason that um, your speeches at the gala really gave people that sense of hope and it's and I'll be honest with you that hope Is getting dashed that hope is going away you were and I I don't like to put this on one person (laughs) I know there was a team behind you and I know your you know your um policies and everything were well thought out and it wasn't just you but your speeches at the gala were so emotional and so exactly what normal working class people needed to hear to be accepted into the world of politics that they felt othered from for so long that it really just developed this sense of hope and I think that's just so sorely missing from the political environment and it is something that we need to cling on to with every ounce of our being like Laura Pigcock said speak up about about this about politics talk about your politics in every single space even the spaces where you feel uncomfortable because we need to get our messages out there because there's Billions of us, There's a the top 1%. They're the yeah. people who are making all the decisions for everybody else who don't get a say. Yeah, sorry, that ended up being a rant. I was going to make a quick one, sorry. <laughs> that,
4: was, that was very good, thank you. Uh, it's, it's all about, are you right? It's, no, about, it's about hope and ideas. I mean, yes. if you think, well, yes, we have hard times to pursue political things, but why do we do it? Because... Uh, we are our society is so unequal. People are treated so badly. Why? Uh, why is it a working class kid born in a former mining village in Durham is likely to have a shorter life expectancy than a wealthy child born in Surrey or somewhere? You know. And then you you take a bus ride across Glasgow and the life expectancy from one side of glasgow to the other drops by 15 or 20 years and then rises again as you get to the other side of glasgow what's that about it's not just healthcare it's housing it's it's money it's food it's it's a whole it's a whole lot of things and though then you look at those inequalities which covid has shown up look at those on a global scale We've got to we've got to change things. You cannot go on just perpetuating inequality, which is all that Johnson and his cronies really want to do and are doing big time under the cover of allegedly dealing with COVID. They're actually handing billions over to the wealthy. I had of our something, today, something
1: today. Something Terrifying statistic. Um, uh, it was for I was in a SEA meeting now, so I'm the I'm the secretary of the North SEA branch. And in that meeting, That's there was a Socialist
2: there. Education Association for those of us who educational,
1: don't know. <laughs> educational, apparently. Educational. Weird... Oh, I'm yes. sorry. <laughs> okay. um, so, and uh, they they said that someone, a man born in Stockton, um, has the same life expectancy as a man born in Ethiopia. Um, they have the same outcomes as a man born. And we, we know about the Ethiopian famine and how, how much that ha- must have a, a, a long-term effect on their health. One awful thing that people in our country have the same long-term health concerns as someone, people, uh, people who've been through such a, a terrible, awful famine. Um, and that's where we are as a country at the moment. I think we need to really take stock of that and, and realise this because i think people think everything's okay but life expectancy is going down it's going down in our local communities and i'm sure i teach children at the moment who um you know people of the child not necessarily the children i teach but there'll be people of, of children who are at the age of people i teach who will have a short life expectancy because of what is going on in their home lives because there are people in our schools who are eating out of bins we know this. Paul,
4: I'm not leaving the call. I'm just plugging mm. the phone in. Otherwise, I will be leaving the call. The <laughs> We'll we'll take that opportunity. We've got now
1: um, a, a a call for a, a, a sorry a short video from Dan Draper who made the big meeting film. And Laura kindly pointed this out to Socialist Think Tank that um, I am the only person who, on this call who didn't star in that film. So that made me feel warm inside and very happy. <laughs> Um, you know, I am an extra in the background. Laura recognized me from a walk. My walk was the ma- walk of a drunk man. So um, so anyway, so the big meet in film, Dan Draper, who's absolutely brilliant. And here he's going to talk about um, how he feels about the Durham Miners' Gala. And then we're going to talk about like, how the Durham Miner go- Miners' Gala makes us feel.
6: So I first to the Durham Miners' Gala in 2016. Um Steele was speaking and we were making the documentary. Um, to go and do a bit of shooting, and I remember we got there about seven in the morning, and by the time we got into the centre, it was about eight, and it was packed. And my first impressions was seeing these uh, the, the groups of bands, and they were all spotless. The, the instruments were spotless and gleaming, uh, but a couple of them were also drinking cans of Strongbow at the same time. And just that sort of that contrast was I don't know. I found it beautiful. I thought this is this is my type of place. We're gonna have a good day, and we did have a good day. Uh, And it stuck with me, um, those first impressions of um, the gala, and then about three months after that, um, actually it would have been a year after that, once we released the Dennis Skinner documentary, uh, it played at Red Hills, Pittman's Parliament, and that was just electric. Um, And those two things together, my first impressions of the gala and sort of feeling the history you do at Red Hills and the community of people that were there, I thought, there's obviously Something special about this place that I would like to capture on film. I'm doing a bit of research, uh, seeing that there was nothing really there uh, in terms of sort of really fleshing it out and looking deep into the history and the culture of the event. So I just approached the DMA about making the documentary, and kindly they agreed, and that sort of started the journey, and we embarked that we embarked on, which was a, a really fun. Really fun thing to do in many ways, you know. Uh, it was a hard shoot. Uh, we shot it on fifteen cameras, um, obviously over the day. That's the thing with the gala; we had to get it nailed in one day because it, you know, if we messed up, there was no sort of doing any second takes. But yeah, the whole idea around the film was to sort of capture the gala in, you know, what it is. The gala is not static; you know, it's always moving. it in many different places. So that was our sort of brief. Uh, is to try and get you know capture that essence of um, what it is, what the event is on film, and uh, hopefully we did that in many ways. I always find it hard to describe um, the events to anyone who hasn't been, and I think that's one of the main reasons why I made the film because I think any film or any synopsis for a film that like, you can't really uh, you know describe or get across, it's always I think that's always an, a worthy excuse to make a film because there's something there, there's poetry there that sort of goes beyond sorts of words. And that's, I think that's what the Gardland is and hopefully we sort of captured that a little bit in our, in our film type thing. But I was honoured to make the film, uh, I was honoured to be allowed, I was honoured to be trusted by people from that community to speak with us. Uh, and I feel like I've actually made genuine friends from the area and I would actually call Durham sort of my second favourite city in England outside Liverpool. Uh, I love it, I love the people and I'll be going to the Durham Miners gala every year until the day I die now so
0: yeah i just can't wait for 2022 thanks brilliant
1: let's uh, let's hope it is the biggest ever so like um i think dan really summed up that you can't really describe the gala but you know you i think we can probably describe how it makes you feel and i suppose for me i always feel like i'm part of something a lot bigger than myself and i often feel that anyway but it's that physical nature of the fact that we're all together we're all the same and i love that alan Margum always says the stars of the gala the people who are important of the gala the vips are not the people on the balcony they're the people who walk past okay. the balcony they're the people it's everyone everyone's a vip at that gala and the people on the balcony are there to pay respects to those VIPs who are coming past, which is um, a really lovely way to think of it. But Heather, you know, you're, you've you got a lot of passion about the, the guy. How do you feel about it? How does it make you feel?
3: Well, for me, you know about my three worlds. Jeremy, I don't think you do, but um, when you live in a mining community, it's for me, the best way to describe it is three worlds. One world is underground, where the men rely on each other for their lives. Uh, The second world is where the women and the children are above ground and as small as you are, you know how dangerous it is for your father, your uncle, your granddad to be down that big dark hole so many miles out under the sea. You just can't believe it. You've seen your father come home in soaking wet because he's been working in terrible conditions where when he took his pit socks off, if your mum stood them up long enough and let them dry, it would be like a plaster cast um so that was that was our second world I knew because my grandfather had been killed at the pit I saw my great me step-grandfather die of pneumoconiosis my friend's father when she was pulled out of school because the our dad was pulled out of the pit dead so we all knew the tensions but you got on with it you got on with life. the women worked hard um then there was our day there was the big meeting That was the third world and still is the third world because it's Durham Day. It's our day. And that brings me to Paul, you'll have to tell us to shut up now because I get so passionate now. Um, From being little, I went to the gala. My mum would bake for days and days before and my dad would take us through five o'clock in the morning. You could take the car down on the field. The women's uh, section, the women's councils, the women's advisory committee had the big marquee with the T's in. So my mum would be working in there most of the day and I'd be playing outside. But by God, when it came to time for the speeches, you had to be sitting down and you had to be quiet and you had to listen. And that's where I learned a lot learn. I my mean, politics, to be honest, apart from at home. Um, but we always used to, in our colliery, we were in most collieries it was anyway, uh, there would be busloads. In fact, the colliery would empty on that day. It was burglar's holiday because Eason would be empty. Um, busloads of us. So we'd get on the buses with a band and then every f- so far up the main street, we would the buses would stop because um, I thought it was a great tradition and still is uh, that the, yeah, the buses stop beside where the elderly people live in the collieries. Uh, the band get off and play a tune for the old folks. And this day we'd stopped at what was then an age minor's um, old folks home, elderly person's home. And there was my great aunt standing, waiting to hear the band, me Aunt May Barker. And me mom and me got off the bus to say hello to her. The band played, me Aunt Meg grabbed me mother. They were doing a jig in the middle of the main street. And me Aunt Meg shouting, Aunt, aunt May shouting, it's Durham day today. It's our day. You can do what you like today. You can stand on your heat if you want. And that always sticks in my head because that epitomises everything about Durham day. It's about when families didn't own cars and couldn't afford to go on the bus and the walk from other villages, walk from for miles to come and meet up with their families, not just the blood relatives, but their mine and families. Their communities, the ones that Jeremy talked about, it, through the trade union, you built your community. And I always say today's um, RMT and fire brigade unions are yesterday's NUM, and we have to fight alongside those people t- to build up that brotherhood and sisterhood, which is what the big meeting's all about. Our third world, our day, meeting up. You never got lost at big meeting day. You never, there was a lost Ben's tent, but nobody got lost because you just knew you looked for your banner. And you got, you sat there, I I put a picture on Facebook today, my dad, 1931, sitting on the floor in front of the banner. The only thing that's different, they wouldn't dare leave all the brass instruments that were on that photograph. But it's, what a day to be seeing people that you've never seen for (laughs) you. from one year to the next. And the good thing is, and I'm inviting you now, Jeremy, next year, mind, I hope you're staying over on the Saturday night because about three years ago, I started, to must be five years now, started to organize a gathering of like-minded people on the Saturday night. And um, the last one we had uh, was in the same pub, uh, as we've been in here before. And when we are in there, I asked the uh, manager if we could have a bit sing-song because we had somebody with a guitar and we had somebody with good voices. So he said, yes, as long as you don't bother the other people. There was only four of the tables full, but they were quite happy. I went round and asked them all, they were happy. Um, and then I got the megaphone out and asked people to be quiet because we were going to sing. And I have to say, there were a few members of the um, Shadow Cabinet in there that night singing along with us. Uh, I won't mention any names, though, but uh, we were just having a great night and the the manager decided that he should throw us out. Well, he should ask us to leave. Um, In fact, John was told that, that's my John, was told that if he didn't go back and tell us all to quieten down, (laughs) we couldn't have any more drinks. So somebody shouted, one out, all out. So Harley, who had his pipes, played us out with the bagpipes and played us all the way around Durham to the next pub, and that ended off a day that had been just fantastic. That's Durham Day, the colour, the noise, the laughter, the tears, and then just to finish it off, it's the 70th anniversary of the easing Colliery Pit disaster this year, um, and our banner would have been draped, as is the one of uh, miners' banners when there's a death in the family. The family, that's what we have to remember. So I hope I'll give you some people dancing down the streets, the streets packed, and yes, people had a drink in the ha- but just good fun altogether. I've been going all night about it. It's our day, isn't it?
1: Mike off there. I do have video footage of um of that um incident so <laughs> yeah it was a it was a good night um jeremy what does it mean to you what does the gala mean how does it feel
4: a celebration of the strength of community is a celebration of loyalty a celebration of all the principles of the labor movement uh, in a totally unapologetic way it's not turning up saying sorry we're here it's saying no this is our day. This is our city. This is our movement. This, These are our demands. And I think it's so empowering. And, you know, I go to lots of political meetings all the time, obviously. Um, I remember walking around Newcastle the day after uh, the gala and the number of people that just stopped to talk about what they'd seen and heard the day before. And they weren't necessarily super political people, but they'd been there because it was part of their lives and their community. And so in a sense, it reaches out and inspires people so much. People learn an awful lot from random meetings with each other, the stalls and all that goes with it. It's just a fantastic event. And uh, I hope next year is really, really good. And this corona thing, well, obviously, it's affected lots of people in different ways. To some extent, because of uh, doing so much on Zoom, some people have got to events who would never normally go to them, either because they can't travel or unable to care problems, which we talked about earlier. And so there's got to be a way of remembering that everything we do in the future has got to involve everybody, whether they can get along or not. It's not simple, but there's a lot of people we've got to keep involved. Um, By the time next year comes around, if this wretched government stays in office, there's going to be a a lot more people not working, a lot of people working for lower wages, a lot of people on worse conditions, a lot of people who are going to need a trade union more than ever. So it might be an idea to emphasize union recruitment while we're there. You know what I mean? Because I'm quite prepared to believe that a lot of the very large numbers of people that come there are not necessarily trade union members. Because they're working in industries that are not organized or in small businesses that need to be organized. So it's all about that. Because it's only the strength of unions and people doing stuff together that anything will ever be achieved.
1: Now, Laura, you, you, and Heather, and your the women's banner group, who we're going to be hearing from in a little bit, from Lynn as well. Um, you managed to bring people together, didn't you? And you managed to have that day. What was it like to have? And I know Heather could have told us this as well, but um, she's already told us those amazing stories. So you get to tell this one. What was it like? You know, going through the whole thing of, of, like, taking that banner out for the first time, doing a speech in the market square, having your banner blessed, all those things.
2: I genuinely can't even talk about it without filling up. Um, just listening to Heather there talk about her past and all the things that were so important kind of makes me realize that what what we decided to do was so important and it's a big responsibility you know it's huge women's stories women's history do get left behind don't get written um and you know you've got the likes of heather and i'm I'm myrtle and so so many more who did truly epic things um and i think Like I said earlier on, it was just like we had I had this idea and I met people who were able to help me achieve this idea. So we did the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. It's like, yep, great. We're building. It's going to be amazing. And it wasn't until Gala Day, it hit me like a ton of bricks massively. I didn't get a chance to sort of accept what we were doing until that moment, until and there's, there's actually a scene of it. Um, of uh, myself and Lynn and Heather and Mary Turner who who stitched together the first community banner, um, who's incredible as well, um, walk and past the county hotel. That was the moment. That was the moment. We were at the county hotel. We had our band. We stood there. We showed our banner proudly. We were women. We were all women. And and we went past and I just went, oh my god, we've done it. And, and it just hit me like a ton of bricks because it's not... You know um it's not one person it's not even one lifetime this is decades and decades and decades of women's struggles and it was it just felt really really massive the the 2018 Durham Miners' gala will be one of the most important days of my entire life it was the most special and i still can't even believe it sometimes like we we walked So we got our banner through and it was such a big deal. And then me and Lynn, who you'll hear from later, who's like my partner in crime for the banner group, who's just the best organizer in the entire world, um, pelted it back up because we'd managed to get tickets to go onto the balcony. And um, people were like, oh, are you gonna go and meet all these famous people? I was like, no. I just want to see N.A.S.U.W.T. walk past. <laughs> um, and that was the moment that you saw at the beginning of the show where the N.A.S.U.W.T. band went past and played Sweet Caroline. I'm on the top, giving it this for me, clacker. And it was just like <laughs> so much. And then... And then we had to run up to the cathedral to get the bat and it was just again one thing after another after another after another that day and it was so overwhelming not to mention that Dan's film crew were following us the whole day and it was blisteringly hot it was I'll never forget it. It was so surreal. And I still can't quite believe we did it. But we're still here and we're still going. And now we've got a beautiful silk banner, which is named Myrtle, after Heather's mum. And Heather's mum's on it. And so Heather, rightfully so. And it's beautiful. And we she hasn't even been out yet, not properly. She's been to some funerals with, with really special women, which I think is a good way for her to go out and... and, and um be shown i think it's it's ideal but she's never been to a yet so 2022 watch the space metal gonna come for oh. you all and you're gonna be amazed by how beautiful she is and and again it's just a responsibility isn't it it's amazing but it's a responsibility and we've just gotta keep going
1: so, now speaking yeah. of 2022 oh, um speaking of 2022 um, I've got some sort of almost confirmed rumours that Durham County Council, which are now controlled by the Conservatives in a coalition oh, right with um, with other groups, even though the Labour Party are the largest party, so um, are going to cut funding for the Durham Miners Gala, and they've always supported the Durham Miners Gala and so on. So that's one of the cuts yeah. they're going to make. And I wonder how the people yeah. who voted for the... <laughs> Not Labour, it seems to have been a block, not Labour vote. But anyway, I wonder how they feel about that. But speaking of that, it is a very fiercely political event. And we've had comments in the build-up to this event by people saying... Eh, hey, well, they're even, these socialists are even trying to uh, politicise the gala now, which is quite ridiculous because it's always been a fiercely political event. But I've got a message now from Ken Loach on, on that, and then I'm going to talk about the politics of that. And then I'd like to finish off with the, what Laura was talking about with that message from Lynn. So, um, so Ken Loach has asked us to read this. He wasn't able to um, record a message for us, but he's asked uh, us to read this, and he said... I am proud to be a Mara of the Gala. I cannot think of of a more inspiring sight than the many banners being marched through the streets of Durham. It is inspiring because it is a demonstration of our collective strength. Most demonstrations are about protest. The Gala is not a protest. It is the working class on the march, organised and strong. It is an assertion of the independent interests of working class people, under attack now as fiercely as ever, our problem has been we have had leaders who betrayed that struggle, from Ramsay from Ramsay MacDonald in the twenties to Kinnock, Blair and Brown, to the wretched Starmer today. They have all consciously delivered working people bound and gagged to those who exploit them. The victories we have won in the past have been uh, have been, or are being lost, as the continuing dismembering and privatisation of the NHS shows. So next year, when we march together again, let's determine that we will use our strengths to fight back as never before. And when we say solidarity, we really mean it. Solidarity, KL. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty good. Good, morning, <laughs> Ken. I um, I've, good thing w- he didn't w- w- mince
2: his words there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I don't know whether I did uh, Ken justice there, but um, I, I did <laughs> I did a little speech. But I've I've done one of um um Connolly's speeches before and uh but yeah maybe my accent was more suited to the connolly one than uh, than the loach one i hope <laughs> i did him justice there but do we have any um any comments on what we were saying and and basically the politics of the gala
2: i just want to say one thing um i, I think it's really disappointing that um the 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 current councillors of Durham County Council have decided to make this huge outlandish statement that they won't fund it anymore because in actual fact they they may give a little help here and there but it's the Maras now who fund the Durham Miners Gala Mm -hmm. and so whatever point they're trying to make it is going to backfire massively because let's face it the Maras are the working class the Maras are the people the Maras are the people who want to help and get involved Um, and I strongly believe that that we as a collective and people who join the Maras and sign up to that and give whatever they can will continue to grow the Durham Miners Gala every year and make it what it is. And I'm excited for, 20. I might be disappointed for this year, but 2022, I strongly believe, is going to show the strength of feeling that the Maras and all of us have got. um, And it's going to be huge. Hmm.
4: (laughs) This person that says the gala is becoming politicised, have they ever been to one? (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, that's the question <laughs> I
4: mean, You wouldn't have to be there very long <laughs> You know, like half an hour would be quite enough To realise roughly what it's all about, wouldn't it? And just listen to the music as well And the pride of the music Yeah <sighs> hmm. Exactly should never be ashamed of our politics which we, we should be proud of it and proud of what we demand and so i mean the point ken makes about health privatization uh, i don't know if you remember back as far as uh, 2019 i challenged johnson on secret talks with the us on healthcare and american health companies taking over our nhs he said it was all a lot of nonsense i was talking it was all a Ru- all russian propaganda I mean, I've no idea how the Russians got involved in this. I'm still struggling with that one. But I've now got a major GP surgery in my own constituency run by an American healthcare company called Centene. It's disgusting, absolutely disgusting. There's 44 of them now around the country. And so um, let's make that the theme of what we do, is defend and extend our health service and our care systems. That's what it has to be. The other nice thing about the gala is that it's never been afraid to be international as well. Yes. Where you've had speakers yeah. on anti-apartheid movement, you've had speakers um, from South Africa in the past, you've had speakers from different countries and had that sense of uh, solidarity around the world because that is essential because the same battles are fought in lots of countries and we need to be supporting each other when they are fighting those battles. Hmm. And the Principles of peace, not war, are so important as well. This week, all British troops are at last leaving Afghanistan, apart from the 450 who died there, and all the other thousands of Afghan Americans and so on that died there. We have to ask ourselves a question. What was all that about? What was achieved? War doesn't end in joy war ends in lots of deaths. Hmm. Yeah.
3: For me, um, for me, I, I want to go back to what Laura was saying a couple of minutes ago when she was saying about when we marched past um, the hotel, uh, the county, and we were all together. I can remember Kat uh, Cray and Michelle Rogers uh, from the RMT. I think um, Michelle was, had just been elected the first woman president of the RMT and they were marching alongside us and i said come on come on link arms with us join us and I said but we're not part of the women's banner group and i said "But you are we are all, all yeah, yeah. and that's what we need more of within our our party our party it's our party. And I am frustrated at the minute because this is the first opportunity I've had to say really publicly just how disgruntled I am with what's going on in our party. And I'm a little bit upset because they haven't suspended as yet. Like, But um, apart from that, I am totally unhappy with the way things are going. Um, I'm sad that I have to say that the party has changed. And the, one of the most principled people who I have ever had the uh, privilege to know is with us tonight, and that's Jeremy Corbyn. And he has never changed. I said earlier that I had first heard you speak, Jeremy, when I was about 16. And I can tell you that man has never changed the way he believes in socialism, in fairness, in justice Overused words, I know they are, but they are what we believe in. Social justice, fairness, equality, and that's for everybody. Race, colour, creed, religion, whatever. And that's what our party's always been about. Always been about. And that's what it should always be about. It should be about fighting on the streets for the NHS, because that is one of the biggest things, that was one of the best things, if not the best thing, the Labour Party ever did. Um so for me, we need to be out there pushing that. Mm. Um, I, think... I think as well, the, um, I forgot what I was going to say, but, oh, yes, politics and the gala. Jeremy, you said earlier about, you know, somebody saying to you and you were telling them politics is in everything. I remember once being in the Miners' Welfare Hall and this man saying, I didn't bother with politics, man. It's not me. It's got now today do with me. And I said, What's that pint of beer you're holding? What do you mean, like? I says, Well, where does the tax go that you pay on that pint of beer? Oh, sure, up, man, Heather. I says, That's politics. That's politics. And the gala is our politics. It's what we want. And those speakers on that platform are representing us, they're telling the world what we want and it's an opportunity for people to learn politics it's
1: That's interesting me. though that the D- the dma haven't necessarily always stuck to the fact that it's labor party though so the, there are there's movements outside the labor party that have always been involved in um in the Durham Miners Gala and you know certain Labour leaders such as Blair was never invited to speak there because his politics didn't align with the Durham Miners Association and I think we need to remember that outside of that we've got like Jeremy's uh, Peace and Justice project and we've got Socialist Think Tank that you can become a member of for free if you want and and get involved in the discussions that we are having around how we change politics, you can contribute if you want as well but we're socialists so you, we, there's no hierarchy in, uh, in acts or anything like that, like there is in 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 some things. But um, yeah, so oh,
4: you can. Can, I
3: stop you, there? can yeah. I stop you there? Because Tony Blair was invited, but he didn't come.
4: Really? Oh well. Yeah. I, 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 Heather's Heather's right. That's what I was told that he yes, was invited, yes, yes, several times, yes. but um, wasn't able to get there for some. He, did, catch-
3: he did. He did a kinnock.
4: <laughs> That's interesting. Well, there, not there's really me.
3: Down. If it's not written down, it'll be in my book, and when it's published, I'm it will be the truth.
6: You need to do that, and
1: also you need to watch Heather's interview for a bit of truth as well. But um, anyway, oh yeah, so, always- <laughs> <laughs> there's lots of truth in there. So, like, it's always been this really political event, but I think at the moment, do we feel like um, there are more? There's more excitement in politics, like Westminster politics is all well and good. But I don't think it's going to create, at the moment, it felt like it was going to a few years ago, it was going to create a big change. And at the moment, Westminster, Westminster politics seems like it's slowed down and it isn't really going to, it's, it, there's an inertia there. They want it to stay the same. But outside of that, I think we can make a lot of noise and we can be a lot of, um, we can we can bring people together in a in a different way. We don't have to be separate on these things. Like, is that a fair thing? to say. Yeah, stay, be
3: the same, stay the same if we uh, don't have people in there who are shouting for what we want and there aren't enough people there who are doing that nor on our side but there was there aren't enough there are those people who are mine. there are mps who are speaking up but there are not enough
1: but there's more exciting speeches and so the, 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 at the People's Assembly last week. There were so many exciting speeches and most of the most exciting ones didn't come from necessarily MPs. There was all sorts of people mm-hmm. who, who can do all sorts of things. Jeremy, would you agree that like there's well, a lot absolutely. of energy outside?
4: The energy is there in communities. It is there in campaigns. And uh, that's what we've got to be encouraging because there is a sort of feeling of disempowerment and we're disempowered by the media, disempowered to some extent by the way history and education is conducted. What we need to be doing is empowering people and that's where the gala is an empowerment of people because it brings people together, realising there's actually lots of people that think more or less the same way as you do on all the big issues, and uh, we have to be doing that campaigning, and that's what brings about change. I mean, we've, all of us have mentioned the NHS many times during this discussion we've been having. Did the NHS happen because Anir Bevan was health secretary in 1945 and pushed it through? In part, yes, but did it really happen because of those visionaries in mainly the mining communities in south wales in durham in scotland and so on that had the idea of a collective approach to a community tradiga had a health service the miners ran a health service in tradiga Nye. in a sense, copied that and made it into the into the National Health Service. It didn't all happen in Parliament. In fact, as Tony Benn used to say, Parliament was usually the last place to grasp an argument. It happened everywhere else before. And so it is about how you build up that kind of pressure and you give people confidence in doing it. But you know something, when you win a struggle of any sort at a local level, it changes everything. I mean, they, what is it now, 11 years ago, they came up to my local hospital. They wanted to close the A&E department, which would have effectively meant the hospital would be ineffective and be closed. And um, I called a public meeting to oppose it. Hundreds of people came. We built up a huge campaign. Thousands went on a march, marches. The whole dispute went on for, I suppose, almost two years. We won. Last year, that A&E department attended 95,000 patients. Now, but in winning that, everybody was felt much stronger and much more emboldened in everything else they took on. And you could copy this all over the country when people have won something. Now, you don't win every dispute you go into, but you lose every dispute if you don't engage in it. And so it is about empowering people, and that's why I hope we can do something on all these issues next next year. Sorry, Heather.
3: It's not always about the winning either, is it? Though, because there's not many fights that we have really won, but we've stood, and I think that's the importance. Yep. It 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 gives it, it, it that also gives you some feeling that you can do something. There is something you don't just have to sit at home and think, oh. It's all just going to happen. You can yeah. be proud that you've stood there. You've, I mean, we forced our um, local maternity hospital; it was closed. It's still closed. Just that we knew that every intention of closing, but you don't go quietly. Never go quietly.
4: Sure.
1: Lovely, lovely comment from Mia Mantri here, um, who's a regular viewer of the show, and she says, um, "I know I used to feel I was alone in the way." Um, in the way I feel only to find so many people have similar thinking to me on a variety of issues. It's just, we don't know of each other's existence. And I think that's about solidarity, isn't it? And the, the kind of solidarity yes. that you can gain from Durham Miners Gala. Um, what I want to do now is I know we we're, we're, we've had a lovely time and, and we're, we're running short of time now. What I'd like to do is just have some closing comments from everyone. If there's any message you'd like to like to give maybe about the gala or absolutely anything else, please do that going around the panel Laura I'm gonna ask you to do the special thing on membership etc and um and I'm going to come to Heather first and then what we'll do is we'll listen to to Lynn who'll um who will be our last speech and then um we'll we'll say goodbye um so yeah okay Heather any closing well, comments Laura you know I'm only on water you think I've been on wine
3: because I thought you said Laura first. <laughs> um Hammond, solidarity stand together that's the important thing we can all disagree i don't i've lived with john wood for 50 years but <laughs> we still don't agree on everything but we still best mates we, the goal is that we stick together we work at whatever we want and that's what we all need to do to work for a better society if we fragment society fragments and that's why the Tories are winning we've got to stand together and do what they do don't keep throwing each other out and, you know throwing the baby out with the bath water do what they do let's stand up and say to pop with all of you we don't care we are going to stand up for what we believe in. And the gala is the place that epitomizes all of that, brings us all together.
4: Thanks, Um Jeremy, I'll come to you next. Our movement is about achieving things, is about mobilizing, is about unifying, is about health, about education, about housing, about world peace, about environment, about human rights. It's all of those things and we support people However unpopular it might seem at that moment, because you've got to do what is the right thing. But if all we do is turn on each in on each other and start expelling people, throwing people out, suspending people, getting rid of people, all it ends up doing is weakening, weakening all of us and weakening our movement. And so it is, as Heather quite rightly says, about marching down that road together. When is a strike on? There's only two sides to a picket line. There's the right side and there's the wrong side. There's no debate about it. That's what it is. It's that dividing line. And um, I've been through many strikes as a union organiser before I became an MP. And what you found was an incredible sense of unity of people who quite often didn't agree on very much. They then realised they were all in it to try and achieve something together. And uh, it's that sense of solidarity. So the Gala is the most amazing occasion because it's the spirit of the mining community, it's the spirit of the struggle of the miners, the hardship, the horror, the danger, the accidents, the deaths, it's all of that. And it is about making sure the next generation doesn't have to go through exactly the same struggles, but we make the world fit for the next generation. That means housing, jobs, education, clean air, clean water, good health, it means all of those things. But above all, it means hope and inspiration. And so my passion, and I'll finish on this because Paul will tell me off otherwise and I'll go on too long. It is also about the education our children get and the history that they learn. When I said at the gala one year that I wanted our children to learn the history of the trade unions and the history of the labor movement in schools. Theresa May had only caught a little bit of the speech because she clearly wasn't watching it properly. Uh, and she then had to go at me in parliament about saying I was, uh, I was gonna set up an education system to teach kids how to go on strike. I mean, she hadn't listened to anything I, I said at all. Um, because what I was doing was saying, actually, The real history of this country, the real history of every country, is the history of ordinary people doing extraordinary things and the lives of people who have suffered so much. There is an incredible radical history all over this country. It's just waiting to be published and uncovered. And that surely is something we can all do. The Gala has uncovered the history of Durham, the real history of Durham. Well done. July 2022, let's make it the biggest ever. We can do it, you know. We're going to have to pay for ourselves through marriage, but that's all right. Oh, wow. Um, do you know, the
1: the thing that makes me a little bit sad about all that is we've got a lot of work to do, don't we? Because someone who believes that was, uh, was defeated in an election by someone who uh, does racial slurs and does, like you know, homophobic slurs and things like that. But let's do that work together because one day someone like you could end up leading this country, Jeremy. And I'd be very uh, I'd be delighted if that were ever the case. I wish it had been you. So thank you so much. I'm not giving up.
4: Again. I'm not giving up. I'm I'm as You're gonna as be as Prime Minister been. again. You're gonna go Yay! for Prime Minister again. Jeremy <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy.
3: There you, you go, presented that's an exclusive my mother with her award. And I, my mum was just starting to be ill when she got word that she was getting that award, which and I'm not a believer in awards, mate, but my mother was. Anyway, she was over the moon, she was getting this. But when I said, you'd just been elected as leader, and I said, mum, it's Jeremy Corbyn, who's going to give you... My God, she could have won the lottery. It was like, we've been waiting for this man. We've been fighting for this man to be our leader. We've been looking for this for years. Mind, I don't normally build people up, Jeremy, so I'm just telling the truth. Um, She'd been been looking for that. There was a woman, 90-year-old, had been waiting for somebody all her life who would come along and give us justice, give us what was our right. And you came and you were vilified. But there's still those of us who are there, thousands, and I'm pleased to say the young ones, the young people that have come forward by... They've got some energy, they've
4: got some go.
3: Absolutely.
4: And thank God they're there. Think Maya Angelou. You can knock me down with your lies, but still I rise. <laughs> rise.
1: Yes.
4: Yeah. Um, okay, Laura, <laughs> yes. follow that.
2: Aye, cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. Um, I'm gonna do the boring stuff because I can't I can't beat that. I agree, and second and listen, listen back, listen to it again, and do all of that. But in the meantime, please do like, share, and subscribe. All of socialist think tank stuff. Find us on YouTube. Do press the bell so you don't miss any of our content. Tonight has been a fantastic show. It's been it's made me feel loads better that I've missed the gala today. Um, I feel like we've had a little mini gala here today. Um, also, please do sign up and become a Mara at I think it's Durhamminers.org. I'll drop the link in the chat later. Um because the Maras fund the gala and we need to make sure that this gala keeps going and that it's going to be bigger and better every single year because it is our voice. It's working class people. Um, and it's so important. Um, There's probably about a billion things I haven't said, but yeah, just find us, follow us, get involved. Um, Yeah, we've got Jeremy on and Heather on and they're amazing and they're huge names, but they are no more important than any of you. So please do come on Your Voice Matters. We want you on the show. We have origin shows. People have already said tonight that Heather and Jeremy both need to be on an origin show. Heather's origin show was so special, it's being clipped into two parts. She's got a part one and a part two, so find that and watch it. I'm gonna bug Jeremy until he comes back on the show and does an origins interview for us. Um, also JC O'Daly, um, spelled slightly differently, keeps asking what a mara is. You need to Google what a mara is, it's basically a Sunderland term. Um, it means mate, friend, um, colleague, comrade, um, I'm 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 taking that as a Sunderland last. I know it's County Durham and the pit. It's Pitmatic basically. Oh, um, i
3: was right. thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: so become a Marrow. Oh, find Sunderland that Durham. Was County Was
3: County Durham? Sunderland was County Durham? Laura, it, was County so Durham. Was it
2: was absolutely. Yes. Um, and thank you so so much to our guests tonight it's it's been lovely it has filled a hole that that um I I was feeling today not having the gala on um I would urge you all because I know we have a video now coming up from Lynn Gibson who's my partner in crime in the women's banner group um listen to what she's got to say because the women's banner group is is something special it is something different it is for women and it is about our solidarity and how we need to come together it is not we have many men who are involved, you know, Paul, Paul's a member of the women's banner group and, you know, supporters and solidarity. So please stick around for that. It's very important. And we'd love for you to stay. Um, and yeah, join in.
1: And in, uh, in true socialist think tank style, we've all swapped places again, which is really fun. Um, so Jeremy's <laughs> pretending to be Laura, Laura's pretending to be Heather, Heather's pretending to be Jeremy, but I'm just me because I wasn't in the film. But um,
6: <laughs>
1: so uh, what I'd like to say now is what we've got coming up, we've got something coming up from Lynn Gibson. Now, the reason the Durham Miners Gala is so special and the reason that we wanted Jeremy Corbyn to be Prime Minister are linked, it's because he is like us and everyone is the same and everyone is equally as important now lots of people will have heard of lynn locally because she's an absolute um, she's an absolute legend in so many ways but she isn't a huge name she represents people who would come to the gala for years and years and years and would always come there with their families because that's what the gala is about nobody's more important than anybody else Everyone is the same. And that is the message that we need to get out into our communities right now. We need to say everyone is the same. There should be no hierarchy. There should be no people who are behaving and and making decisions on behalf of us, on behalf of their friends, on behalf of billionaires, because it suits them. It should be all of us being treated equally, being treated fairly. And that's why we fought for a Labour-led government under Jeremy Corbyn. And that's why we'll continue to fight for equality all the way through our lives and that's why socialists stick together so let's make sure we do stick together listen to lynn please either heather and jeremy thank you so much for coming on um please feel free to dash off if you need to because i know you've got very busy lives and and, and what have you or you can stay till after the streams end and we'll have a little uh Good night chat if you would like, but um, I'm going to put Lynn on now and uh, to our viewers, thank you so much. I'm sorry I didn't get to read out your comments, but they were all on the screen throughout. They've been absolutely amazing and uh, we we think the world of you. So do please do become a member of Socialist Think Tank and uh, we will see you again very, very soon. We'll see you on Tuesday for Political Unmuted and uh, take care, everyone.
7: Hi everyone, I'm Lynn from the Women's Banner Group and I'm absolutely honoured to be asked to speak on behalf of the group at this special Big Meeting Socialist Think Tank event. I think I can speak on behalf of everyone in the Women's Banner Group when I say that the Big Meeting is one of our favourite days of the year. It's certainly been my favourite day of the year for a very long time and I've been attending the Big Meeting since I was a baby in arms. This year marks the 150th anniversary of the Durham Miners Gala and we should have been proudly marching on a new silk banner, we fondly named Myrtle, commissioned in 2019 with funding from the National Lottery Heritage Fund through the cobbled streets of Durham. Since its inception in 1871, the event has been an important date in the calendar of trade union and labour with the Small L movement and the Labour Party movement since 1900. But it is also a festival of banners and brass music, which still captures the spirit of the Durham coalfield despite the last pit closing in 1994. Back in November 2017, the Women's Banner Group was formed ahead of the International Year of the Woman, with a view to getting recognition in this annual event for the women of the Durham Coalfields. For those still with us who support families like mine during the bitter 84-85 miners strike, and for those who history has forgotten. It's so important to the Women's Banner Group that all women, particularly the women who played vital roles in the 84 strike, are remembered. Yes, there had been conflicts before the 84 strike, but this time in an act of solidarity, the women left the kitchen sink and life for them would never be the same as they stood alongside their men. One of the great legacies of the strike was that it politicised a great number of women. Women's presence on the picket lines has been acknowledged, but their story of defiance, their skill in raising funds, standing in battle with the men, running free cafes, marching and organising rallies all over Europe, speaking in favour of the strike, despite many of these women having never stood on the platform before, is generally overlooked, and working-class women are seldom recorded in history books. At the time the Women's Banner Group formed in November 2017, I was supporting the Durham Miners Association on their Red Hills Appeal Advisory Board for their recently successful National Lottery Heritage Fund application. I made links between the Women's Banner Group and the Durham Miners Association to get the group affiliated as the first ever all-female banner group to the Durham Miners Association and the first female banner to be blessed in the cathedral on Big Meeting Day. This was a huge honour for us and to this day something we are incredibly proud of. The two groups have been mutually supportive of each other ever since. The women's banner group have morphed into being more than just a banner group since we first attended the big meeting with our community banner Mary in 2018. We are having several female blue plaques erected in County Durham shortly because can you believe it? There isn't a single one to a working class woman. We are also working on several campaigns to further women's causes such as trans rights, the Make Misogyny a Hate Crime campaign, and Kill the Bill. Watch this space for our next project, which is to get the first female statue erected in County Durham. There is no other event anywhere in the world more welcoming than the big meeting to me. No other event has a quarter of a million participants because that's what we all are there, participants. There are no VIPs, there are no spectators, just comrades there to celebrate in the solidarity of our heritage. In the words of my good friend Heather Wood, who was on the show tonight, the gala is our day, it's a day when we celebrate our heritage, but it's also a message to the powers that be that trade unionism is alive and kicking and that we will continue to fight for justice, fairness, equality and peace, solidarity. the red flag flying